Well, good morning once again. If I happen to miss you earlier, my name's Wayne. I'm the pastor here at DCC. Uh, so excited to engage with you today. You've picked a phenomenal week to be here. Uh, we've been talking about God's story in us over the past uh, couple of weeks. And really coming out of Easter, we talked about how the story just took off after his resurrection and his church family, his gathering, his people. Jesus said that would, nothing would ever stop it. The gates of hell would not stop his people and his gathering from going forward. And we still see that happening today. And what we see is a picture of life and fullness and beauty. And uh, we get to experience that here in this city and the story that God is weaving through his church family here and in your lives as well. And you are invited into that story. And so we're going to be, uh, we've been looking at this letter to an early church, an early story going on to a church in a city called Colossae. And so the letter's called, we call it Colossians. And uh, it's, it's in the dialogue of what fills us and what makes us be okay. And so, you know, we've got a fascination right now uh, with a lot of retro fascination. You can find uh, people that go back and study like the 80s and 90s and they're pulling out style elements. And so let's just look back at things that were really important to people in the 1980s. I have a couple of images here. Uh, of what, what people really wanted. And so in 1980 itself, we have an amazing car and a really awkward and an advertisement that did not date well, did not survive well over time. Uh, uh, this is what people thought made things look good. And this is, a, anyway, this is a fascinating advertisement I found, uh, the Ford Cougar XR7S. That did not age well. All right, there you go. Uh, so that kicked off 1980. <laughs> amongst other things. Uh, there's that, what else? Uh, I forget the next, next one is. Yes. So if you had a lot of money, and, and like, <laughs> I love this, oh, wow. This, this was like apparently something that could, if you have a circle bed now, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, maybe they're really comfortable. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's an interesting. At some point, we thought this was amazing and looked good. It didn't, it didn't last. Uh, but there you go. Um, if you were a kid, um, there was the Koosh Ball. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I remember being, like, at the shore, and we were at, you know, novelty shop, a toy shop or something, and they had one of these. And I was like, what? What do you do with this? Like, I'm just not sure. I guess you, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but that was a huge thing. And then there was also jellies. This is the next thing. Um, so people love this. Uh, we're, anyway, I, I don't know if this is for little girls, maybe. I don't know. But there you go. Jellies were a thing. Uh, and then what's next? Is it, here, oh, yeah. Apparently, car surfing was a thing. Um, I could have, I could understand why that didn't last, that I didn't catch on. Um, but, yeah, I, I was reading about this. And the Internet told me this was a thing, so it is. Um, but that was kind of strange. There you go, car surfing. And then um, the mullet. Uh, which apparently could be coming back. So coming to a stage near you, apparently next year, this is what I'm going to look like. So, um, and then going to work, going to work, uh, this was a style. And I, I'm told this is coming back. Like, I've, I'm fascinated to see this. Um, I dare you. Uh, but yeah, like in Texas, this might be it right now. I don't know. Um, but uh, there you go. A look back of what, what you, the style 
uh, of 80s, and what, you know, there's this thing of what we need to do to be okay, and it's fascinating to see that, and, and, and maybe you look back at your parents' picture albums, and you're like, wow, and, and so, I don't know, but, you know, there, there's a story in us, there's, there's something, and in, 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 in being in New York City, we have, you know, a lot of great access and to style, and we get to see things maybe before others in the country do. I have family members that live in other parts of the country, and or my, my mom will just mail things that uh, to our, for our kids to wear, and we're like, no, no, like, we can't do this, and we've, we've, we've you know, and what, watch this be the week that my, uh, my mom listens to the podcast or watches, but sorry, mom, um, but yeah, it's just different here, it's, <laughs> it's different here, so, you know, uh, what we're really just searching is for how we are fulfilled, and some of this stuff is fun, it's, it's not good or bad, whatever, but, um, so we're looking at that story of how we, you know, the depths of our heart and what we long to see and experience, how we are fulfilled. And I love this. When we look at the story after the resurrection, we see the early church take off. And people are hearing about the, Christ's resurrection. And, and it means everything because it means that God exists, that he loves us, he has come to us, that he has redeemed us once and for all. And, and, and people are believing in him. And believing in Christ is important, and, and we'll engage this here really, really soon. It's, it's, it's the start of our relationship with him. But understanding why he came and, and everything that goes along with this is so important for you and I. And Paul begins to address this, and we'll eventually get to Colossians 3 today, which is one of the most exciting conversations to have together. And so I, that's why I said that you picked a great week to be here. And so... At Easter, we celebrate Jesus' death and his resurrection. And so we've been, we, he gave us a, a baptism to celebrate a relationship with him. When we, we give our lives to Christ, we follow him. The first step that we take of obedience to him is baptism. And that's why we talk about it and why we do that. And it's a picture of Christ, how he, his death, his resurrection, and how we've been washed clean, made clean with him. And so in the story of Christ, kind of going back to Easter a little bit, is, is why he had to die. There was a, what we call a sin barrier between us and God. We had walked away from him, creating a divide. God is, is a holy, perfect God. And so it, he cannot just say, yeah, you're okay. No, there was a problem. We walked away from the, the creator of us. We walked away from the, the creator of life. And so to walk away from God is to walk away from life. To walk away from God is, is to walk towards death. Is to walk away from Love And we try to fill ourselves with what we thought would make us, we're like we, we just say, God, we don't think that you really can do this. We can do this on our own. We, take, we took everything that he created and try to fulfill ourselves with this. And, but we had a barrier between us and God. And so in God's pursuit of us, he didn't just leave us there. He began to pursue us. And, he began, and in his pursuit, he, he showed us that there was a penalty, there's a consequence of sin, and it, it is death. And so they had to, and, and God's people, his early people had to bring guilty sin offerings to God. An animal or something would have to die, and it was a picture of, of death was given, and it was an offering to God to be forgiven. But it was never enough because they just kept sinning. They kept screwing up. They kept doing all these things, and it's a sinful nature that we have, and we've walked away from God, and so something fully needed to be done to fully take care of this, and God was saying, this is going to come one day, this is going to come one day, in his story with us, and so that's why Jesus came, to be the ultimate 
sin offering, the perfect sacrifice to fully take our place. He had to die. Someone had to take our place in in, in a courtroom. He he came in front of us and fulfilled the requirement that God had, the punishment of death. And so when Christ died, he took our sin upon himself. Instead of us, and died. And then he rose again, proving he's the son of God in, in, in redeeming us then. We must believe in him. You cannot save yourself. Maybe that's why you're here today, because you, you feel that, you've experienced that. Like no matter what you've tried, you cannot save yourself. You need him. And, the, and the, the, God has given you the freedom to choose him or to walk away from him. And so we must choose Christ. And that was part of his story. And the early prophets and those who were following him and, and pursuing this life of, with God, they knew that God was pointing them towards something, toward one day, and they didn't fully understand it. And to them it was this mystery of his full story in us. And so Paul is writing to all these early churches to say, this mystery has been fully been revealed in Christ. And so he says this. This is found in Colossians 1. He's beginning this letter to this new church in Colossae. He says, he says, Christ is this mystery. This mystery was hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. And I love the imagery here through all, all throughout Colossians, this imagery of, of richness and fullness. So for many of us, we think, you know, if, if, I have a, if I'm able to make and have a tremendous amount of money, that I will have riches brings fullness to me. And that's why we, we love to use that word rich. If you make a great cake, we'll say, like, this is a, a rich cake. And so the imagery here is the riches of the glory of this mystery, the fullness in God. He says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery that they knew about, something was coming, and they were, God had spoke to them, they were prophesying about it, was Christ coming to take our sins. But not only that, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Was this fulfillment? When we accept Christ, He is in us, and we are part of Him, made whole. The just requirement of the law was death, and He took that for us, What had to be done was fully done, in full, once and for all. That's it. And for all you lawyers here, we always have lawyers with us in the city. We we love to have this, we we speak of it within that. It's like it's a just requirement. Somebody had to take our place. It's not loving for God to just say, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Now, he cannot do that. That's not loving. It's, it, you and I, if someone were to hurt someone close to us we love, we would burn in anger and say, something has to be done here. Someone has to pay for the wrong that they've done. You feel this even when the relationships in your life, there needs to be restitution. Something need, needs to be made right. And that's what Christ did for us. He stepped in and fully paid and took the penalty, fully paid the death. And so in Christ, court is adjourned because it's done. It's been taken care of. In Christ, we don't have to do anything else 
to be accepted by God, to be okay. So Christ came to make everything okay. And so this is what's so beautiful, is, is Paul begins to engage this early church in this phenomenal conversation of how we now experience God's fullness in Christ. Because that's ultimately what every single one of us are seeking is, is the fullness of God, the beauty of who He is. We're trying to fill our lives with things that are temporary. They're shadows. Paul talks about that. We talked about that last week. They're shadows of what's to come. They don't really fulfill. Everything is an appetite. It runs out. The episode ends. You're done with your meal. You're hungry three hours later. You're snacking in between. Like there are appetites come back. They don't really fulfill us. And if you keep pursuing them and pursuing them, you ultimately will feel empty. I talked about it last week. We're baffled that all these advances we made, and yet we still experience emptiness because only God can be that fullness. And that's why Christ came for us to experience the fullness in Him. And that is the story that you are invited into is to experience the fullness of God. So, what does that look like? Paul talks about the fullness of God is in Christ. Well, there's two things that we see of what this means. One is, and I've already been alluding to that, is he has fully paid the debt. Christ fulfilled all the law for us, what we call the law, the requirements. So we think about God in the terms many times of rules. And that kind of started with the Ten Commandments. And many of us wonder, what do I need to do to be okay? And then and if you're a Christ follower, maybe you experience this, or you're on the outside kind of wondering and, and, and engaging in this, is like, you know, am I, you know, what if I mess up? What if I sin? What if I, you know, all these different things. Like, am I okay? And if I do it again, well, I'm, I, I decided to follow God, and I'm still doing these things that are awful. We call that our sinful nature. Now, Christ came to fully pay the debt. So the fullness of God is for that to be fully done for you. Right now, in you. Paul also talks about this in, 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 the, in the letter to the Romans. And this is what he says, Romans 8, 3 through 4. He says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Like God gave the law, the Ten Commandments, and other things to His people to follow, and they couldn't do it. They're weak. They, they, we just walk away from that. We don't, we're not God. He says, so it, couldn't, it just showed us that we couldn't do it. That's what the law does. It just shows us that we, are, we fall short. We can't save ourselves. So he continues here. He says, so God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied in us. In us. That's really important. Now, there's a comma here because the sentence continues but there should be like 10 exclamation points right there. It's amazing. He says, God did this. He sent his son, Jesus, 
for us to be the dress requirement of the law so that we fully satisfied in us. Not for us, but in us. The Son. When we, the first part of God's fullness, the experience of the fullness of God is that's been done for you. It's paid in full. I don't know if you've had student loans or you've had other things where you paid it off like you're done. Or maybe a car and you get the actual lease. Like there's this great feeling of like it's done. I remember I did one student loan and I didn't trust the company. I was like, I want to see it. Like I want confirmation. Where's the email? Where's this? Like I want, I want, I wanted that declaration that it's done for real. And in Christ. That's part of the fullness that we have. Even if, and you will, continue to sin. You still have your sinful nature in you as well. Paul mentions that. But it's so important for us to understand that. So he, he says here, we can put this back up. He says, he gave his son. He did this so that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied in us to no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. He's been giving us the pathway of why we follow Christ's teachings. We're walking towards life. So that's the first thing we experience. The second thing is this, is we are now, you and I are complete. We have, the, I've been talking about the fullness of God in us. The penalty has been fully been declared for us, but then we now have God's fullness. We experience that now. So in Colossians 2, Paul is writing to this early church, and he is telling them this. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And so this early church was having trouble. They, they had people coming in and saying, no, 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 you can't just have Christ and follow him. You've got to do all these things with it to be okay with God. And he's like, Paul's like, he says, don't let them capture you and pull your attention away from this. These are the challenges that they faced at the time. He's like, you now are fully complete in Christ. So he says that. He says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also, you as well, are complete through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and authority. And that is a phenomenal statement of declaration for anyone who is a Christ follower, that you are complete. You are forgiven. You are okay. You are complete. And we don't feel that many times because we, we, we feel the brokenness of sin and, and Christ is going to come one day to fully take that away from us. But we've been declared righteous by God when we follow Christ. Our sins no longer stand in judgment of us and whether you're willing to admit it or not and maybe you're an atheist or you're on this journey or you have questions about who God is something to consider is like you can't even keep your own rules and you do things that you feel bad about your own self and you just wonder about that and, and you do things that affect you. This is the effects of sin. And we see the brokenness all around us. We're not complete and we long, we want that. And the beauty of this message of the cross and, and of who Christ is is that we are 
are complete in Him. We need Him. In Christ, you are complete. The fullness of God. And we get to experience that now. And not only that, it's in us. So this phrase over and over again comes up. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ you are justified. You've, you've been made, you've, you've been right, court adjourned. In Christ you experience the fullness of God. It is in you. You are complete. Meaning, in Christ you must be His. And this is the message that can be offensive to say that there's something wrong with you. You have sinned. You've walked away from God. <clears throat> this is a point where we admit as Christ followers that, that we've, we've messed up and we need him. But it's at that place of condemnation that we find his grace and beauty and his acceptance. And so this message, this letter in Colossians is to those who have already found Christ. They are already Christ followers. And it's also a picture to those who are not about why we need Christ and why we want him. And that's what we declare. Never get tired of singing your praises because you are the fullness that I have found in you. Christ is enough for you. And that baffles people for us to say that. It's important. It's offensive when Jesus came and said, I am the only way to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's true. We have walked away from God, and we need a way back, and that's what Christ did for us. This is a decision for you and I to make and to consider. We have been separated with God without him. We declare that he is greater than anything that we could pursue, but the choice is ours. And so the first step of Christ is, is he the son of God? Did he die? Did he rise from the grave? That's the first thing we start with. I talked about that on Easter when the story begins. And our first step of obedience with him is to be baptized. Now I mentioned this, it's this picture of what Christ did. We, when you see baptism, someone goes under the water, they're buried with Christ, raised to life, washed clean, Made new, complete, forgiven. And we see this all throughout the early church of people believing in Jesus. Jesus didn't come to give us good teaching. He had great teaching, but he everything depended upon him. He was saying, it is only satisfied in me. And so you see people believe in him. So this is just a couple examples in this early church. If you read through the book of Acts, you see this, this early church take off. And so Paul was pro proclaiming the message of Christ, and he was put in jail for his belief. And when he was there, this is a pretty well-known passage where God sent an earthquake, and, 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 it, and it essentially would set free Paul. And so it, we step into this story, it's an amazing story. It says, the jailer woke up, and when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought, he thought all the prisoners had escaped. Like he was responsible in this Roman death world. That was it for him. And so Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. This is Acts 16, 27 through 34. Everybody was there. 
the jail, jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. So he's got an encounter with God and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I guess when we, when we experience God, one of the first things we experience, we realize is that we're broken, we're messed up, and we need him. That's what he's declaring. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. We see stories like this all throughout the early church. People experience Christ, believe in him, and are baptized. Uh, and later on, in Acts 18, there's another uh, instance where a, a, a synagogue leader, so then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. And so these are just, I'm just pulling out a couple of the stories. In the first week of the series, I talked about there's this life that happens. People find Christ, and they, they talk to others about him, and then they find Christ, and we just see this story lived there. That's why we're here today. The story has been continuing, and this is a church gathering happening here in this city in this time, and we, we talk about how much God loves the city. That's where people are. And so one of the places we eventually get to is this place of learning to follow him. And I'd love to talk with you about that. Uh, today, after the service, I'm going to have uh, part of our connection path we call follow. I'd love to, to talk about why we believe in Christ and what it means to be baptized. If you have questions about that or want to know or want to take those steps, I'd love to talk with you today. It's about 30 minutes after the service today. And so now, baptism is this picture of our life and our fullness in Christ. In Christ, you are okay with God. And here's the crazy thing that might be baffling to you. Even when you sin. And this is what's so beautiful is Christ is now sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And with the passion, the same passion that led him to take the, the penalty of sin for us, he's passionately pursuing us now for us to follow him and pursue him. Because Everything's been made right. You are no longer under God's judgment. Like I said, court is adjourned. So even when you sin, you are complete. There's no records being kept against you any longer in Christ. And that's beautiful. And people say, well, does that mean I... Can just go for it and sin. Yeah, sin, baby, go for it. <laughs> we, we're uncomfortable with that. It's weird. We don't like God for the rules. When we like take them away, which he did, we're like, I don't know about that. There's no one keeping score. And that's key because our motivation is not, we're not worried about am I okay or not. You don't have to be worried. In Christ, you've been made okay. And then, well, then what it's about, I follow what he asked me to do because I love him and because he is the fullness of God. 
and we, we, we don't always believe it, and there's a lot of distractions, and I, I walk away and I have things that I do, like where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this instead. Like I just have times where I, I just forget and I believe the lies. And so Paul is, is writing to this church saying, he says, don't be pulled away, don't be captured. And he's not, it's, it, and we just need to understand it. It's like, it's not this message of don't, 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 don't. No, it's more about do this, follow this, walk away from the things that lead you to death and walk towards life. Walk towards fullness of God. Towards endurance. So now, experience the fullness of Christ. And this is what Paul, Paul talks so much about. He says, you are freed up from the rules. And it was hard because God had, they, as many of them had been in this culture of, of, of the sin offerings to God. And so that's a big transition. And that's actually one of the reasons we believe because the culture changed overnight. Thousands of people. Never happened in the history of the world except for that. They just began to follow Christ, but they were free. They could eat and drink what they wanted to. And that's part of the reason why they struggled with Christ, because Christ ate and drank what he wanted to at times. Like, why are you drinking with people? And he's like, Well, I'm celebrating life with them. It's amazing. Like they're freed up to experience the fullness of so how do we experience the fullness of Christ? And I'm going to get into this more next week. I don't have as much time today, but I have a little bit of time to go into this. And this is so beautiful to read. And so we get to Colossians 3. And this is all one letter. Paul didn't break it up into chapters. We did, but it's helpful. And it says this. So Paul says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. You've been raised with him, so set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You're protected by him. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. If we're complete, we're in him. He says, when Christ is your life, he says, you are hidden with Christ in God. And there's so many things that that says to us. As Christ followers, we have this common spiritual life with the Father and Son. We've been brought in unity with Him. We're part of His family. We talk about being a part of His family. You're hidden in Christ with Him. And so we, we talk about you've been called into a relationship. You go to Him. You talk to Him. That's what prayer is. is we, we bring to Him the things that we're struggling with, and we, we give praise and we glory to Him. And all these things, that's what prayer is. We have a common spiritual life with the Father and Son. It also means that like, culture around us doesn't understand the full significance of Christ's life. It's just kind of hidden from them. And it, it can seem weird, and we don't understand. And some of you, like we've had people walk on our doors. We're like, this is a weird thing to even talk about, to have faith. We have someone who found Christ a year ago with us. It was a three-year process where they, their starting point was just silly to have faith. But as they... She explored Christ and, and, and asked the question. She's, she's experiencing now in her life the fullness of God. Culture around us doesn't understand. It's kind of hidden. It also means that you are eternally secure. You are protected. You don't have to worry about that. You are hidden with Christ. It's like a picture of a father with a young, young daughter or son. 
Colossians 3, 1 to 3, I love it. There's, there's, a, there's a translation of Scripture called the message, and it's like a, paraf- a, a modern paraphrase, and I love how it states this, these verses. It says, your, it says, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Such an amazing statement. He is your life. When Christ, and I love this, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too because you're one with him. The real you, the glorious you, the the one that we want. We're just so frustrated with ourselves at times and we hurt other people and we hurt ourselves and we just want to be, we wish this, you know, that sinful nature would go away. That's going to happen. The real you is going to show up one day. God has promised us this, the glorious you. He says, meanwhile, be content with obscurity, just like Christ. There are things that will be hidden and, and not everybody can know and they won't be, you know, whatever that is. God, Christ is okay with that. We can be too. We can be patiently satisfied. And the statement there is he is your life. And that is what we are invited in to. All the other things we try to pursue, if we make them our meaning, the things that God has given us that we can enjoy, if we make them our meaning, we make them our idols, they don't fulfill us and it's empty and, and we feel it. You are called as Christ followers to pursue him because he is your life. I love it. I could talk about this forever. It's so exciting. And so we, we don't have to be known because we're at peace. You might become famous or you might not. I don't want to. <laughs> but, you know, we don't know how life, like, like we, we don't have to be known. We don't have to be validated by whatever this thing is because we've been validated and made complete in Christ. We are secure. And to choose Jesus absolutely baffles others. But we have found the fullness of God. He is all we need. So Paul is saying, let's lean into this treasure that we found. Let's lean in. Well, how do we do that? I just want to read us what he says, and next week we will dive into that in full. So he says, put to death, therefore, and he gives this great imagery, put to death, put away, kill it, the thing, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, all of these things, what he says, which is idolatry. These are all the idols. Not all, you could, you, we, we could add a lot more to that, but these are like big foundations, right? The things that we think, we make these idols in our culture right now. And so what we hear with God is, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. He's like, no, we put to death these things as our idols. And it's such an important, like a brilliant observation by Paul. He's like, God is the only one that really makes us full. He says, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming says, you used to do these things which is when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off 
your old sinful nature in all its wicked deeds. And then he says, put on your new nature. And this is the process of a Christ follower as we put off. We're learning to put to death these things. And it's this God is bringing us towards him. And when you experience that in your life and you put on Christ, the character that he has, that you have in you, it's a joy. It's beauty. He says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew, Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. He says, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, and here's this picture, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. And here's what we're putting on. This beautiful imagery. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. We can be gracious towards one another because God has been gracious to us. We need that forgiveness. Make allowance and forgive anyone who offends you. We can forgive because God forgave us. He says, remember the Lord forgave oh, there you go. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds all of us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That's what we want in the fullness of God. To be at peace. Be okay. I keep being called back to these other things, and I find myself anxious. I find myself comparing, and I get worried and stressed. And the more I feel that, the more I feel that I'm like, I need to put on Christ. The peace rules in your He says, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'm going to end with this. He says, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your life. This is my prayer for you. And we're going to Break all that down next week. This is what we need. You are searching for. It's here. If you're a Christ follower, you are complete now. If you want to talk more about what that means, I'd love to meet with you today. Come meet me after. Let's experience that richness. Our world needs that, and we need that, right? Let's pray together. Father, I love you so much. We thank you for this amazing, amazing truth of who you are. I pray that we would not be afraid to follow you because in you lies the fullness of life. Thank you for that amazing truth. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.